I'm Jess Dakotis. And I'm Nick Colziel. Welcome to That Sounds Terrifying, the podcast where we share terrifying stories, we share listener experiences, and we visit virtually some of the most haunted places in the United States and the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of That Sounds Terrifying. I am so excited for this one because I get to kind of just listen and be quiet and then and then participate. So um, but we're so excited to be back in our in our second episode. Yeah. And um, I have some fun little tales, nice and short and sweet, um, because I was recently recently in New Orleans with my friends. Uh, so I am just so into this lore. Of course, we did a ghost tour um, mm-hmm. because it is Voodoo City. You know, it's it's all about the spooky. There's ghosts painted everywhere and um, little grim reapers everywhere and skulls. So um, it was a nice little kickoff to spooky season for me. Uh, I loved that about it. But um, yeah. I was I recently jealous. I was recently yeah. jealous because you <laughs> I were mean, there. Yeah, I, well, okay, so it's very hot and very smelly. <laughs> Not jealous about that part. Yeah, at all. yeah. So, so don't be too jealous. I was just hanging with my girlfriends and like from college and um, my acapella group. We every year we do a reunion ever since we all graduated, uh, and so very this cool. year was in New Orleans. Yeah, we go around the country. Um, we've been everywhere, but this yeah. year it was New Orleans, and uh, definitely worth at least going once. I don't know if I'd go back. Uh, at least I would never go back in the summer ever, 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 ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, definitely a cold weather person, but you know, I enjoyed this past summer. You'll just be Rochester. a snowbird. You'd be a snowbird. A snowbird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, I would never live. I, I can't live down South. It'll be way too hot, especially with, <laughs> with temperatures climbing now. No, thank you. hundred degree weather. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have a few stories um, that I want to share, and I think I'm going to kick it off with the first one that's very short, but as soon as I landed in New Orleans, I got an Uber, and um, I always sit up front in an Uber. That's a safety thing for me, and also, you know, car sick in the back. I don't like mm-hmm. riding in the back of any car. Um and so I was chatting with him and he said, oh, what are you going to do while you're here? I said, well, uh, I'm very excited about your cemeteries. They're beautiful because um, for anybody listening here, if you didn't know, uh, in New Orleans, they are actually six feet below sea level. So they do not bury their dead in the ground. All of their dead it, um, are put into mausoleums or um, cement boxes i don't know what they are even if they are cement but they're they're all above ground graves um we did all our research on this episode (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. they looked like cement yeah Yeah. i I keep a body in cement that's probably smart i'm sure they're in a coffin in that grave but um they're all above ground graves and uh they 
they really um, lean into the fact that their dead is just so close to them. <laughs> like the mm-hmm. they're they're right up there with you. Um, and they they're just beautiful. These these cemeteries are gorgeous. Like I think our cemeteries are beautiful here. Um, you know the the Mount Hope Cemetery is stunning. And um, on Friday we might talk a little bit more about that or our next episode rather. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, I was riding in the car with this Uber driver, and I said I'm also very excited about the ghost tours because it's also haunted here I or so I hear and he said yeah it is haunted here and he said I don't know if I necessarily believe in any of that and then he oh this is my favorite part about people and the paranormal and spooky stuff and it's always I don't know if I've ever had a paranormal experience except for this one time and then they (laughs) tell you this like crazy story um and so but he he said that um his aunt had a house and he actually said we're actually right near it and it's right near this cemetery that's pretty famous uh and he was driving me through and he said that um one night he was staying at that house and uh he was i guess he was house sitting for his aunt and he was um upstairs in the bedroom and while he was asleep he heard somebody coming up the stairs and and he was like, oh, that's weird. Who's here? So he he got up because he was scared, you know, and he was thinking, like, did she come back early? Is there an intruder? He opened the door and nobody was there in the hall. But it gets creepier. And this one reminded me of your story, Nick, because mm-hmm. he said he went back to bed and laid down and he felt somebody kiss his cheek. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> jeez. And I was a little more forward than my ghost, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she was playing with your hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said that somebody kissed his cheek and he shot up and he was like, I don't, I don't know what that was, but I was like, were you did you go back to sleep? And was it just maybe you were scared? He said, I don't think I was really back to sleep at that point. He said, I felt somebody, and I said, Well, what did it feel like? Was it warm? Was it cold? He said it it felt cold. It felt like a breeze, but he felt he could feel the kiss, like somebody kiss his cheek, like a like a tender, loving yeah. kiss. Night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like that, like putting a child to bed almost. Right. That's kind of how he felt. Um, and I was like, that is cool. So, you know, like I don't believe in this stuff, but this one time a ghost kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. That's awesome. Yeah. What a what um, a so what a great greeting into you know your trip. Like you you know right. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it definitely set the tone for my my spooky weekend. Um, you know, and not you know, it, it wasn't just spooky. We did lots of things, but um it, it is a, a definitely a cool city to explore if you're there. Uh so I was researching some stories, short stories about haunted houses in New Orleans. And I came across uh, gardenandgun.com, which I, I don't know what that's really about, garden and gun, but I just figured it sounded very Southern and it had to have some good stories on it. <laughs> um, so this one is called A Midnight Shrine. I moved on an insufferably hot August day to one of the oldest houses on Esplanade Avenue, built in 1831. I rented the large upstairs apartment, which was flanked by two smaller rear units. 
On my second day, a back tenant was moving out. We can't handle the ghost, she said. It's horrible. I never caught her name as she took off with her last cardboard box. I chalked it up to strange neighbors. That is, until things began happening. In the middle of the night, a golf ball rolled down the hallway. We don't golf. The chandelier bulbs began dramatically sparking and going dead. One particular battery-operated cat toy ended up activated, rolling around the living room, despite being stored in a closed box in the guest room closet. Halloween 2019 arrived, and my friend RJ flew in from New York. We decorated. Black lacquer skulls, purple fairy lights, plastic ghouls, and faux spider webs. And from our hangovers the following morning, we marked the very first party a success. We threw all the decorations in an unorganized pile on the table and sourced last-minute Annie DeFranco tickets. Lucky them. We returned just after midnight. I collided with RJ's back as he stopped dead. Every Halloween decoration was placed carefully and deliberately on the table. A shrine made of party city kitsch was encased in plugged-in fairy lights. Four big skulls faced us, grinning. The effect was awful. Sounds gross to me. (laughs) (laughs) I considered and loudly discussed moving out that very night. Instead, we unplugged the shrine, threw everything into storage boxes, and tried to go to sleep. Three years on, with the help of the historic New Orleans collection, I've discovered our ghost is actually Jules Hughes de Laverne. And I apologize if I didn't say that name right. Born in 1818, he lived in the house and raised his children here. In a strange twist of fate, or perhaps not, I became friends with his descendants who reside in the Garden District. He loved this house, they told me one night, drinking wine in the living room, once his bedroom. And now I regularly leave a shot of his preferred rum on the mantel. And he dutifully continues to toss golf balls down our hallway at 3 a.m. This was by Jenny Adams, a garden and gun contributor. Oh, (laughs) how do you become a contributor, I wonder? I don't know. I guess you just write into the magazine (laughs) to Garden and Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're getting some free advertising. Yeah. Well, if they want to sponsor the show, they can. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That is creepy. Uh, The whole golf ball thing and then not golfing, you know, like rolling down the hallway. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, you kind of go into that whole... um, you know horror film kind of feel because like i i I went straight to like the toy in the box like it's Mm -hmm. not you know i almost i almost thought you were going to say and they opened up the toy and there were no batteries in it that kind of a thing um yeah but that would be super creepy (laughs) yeah i mean just the fact that it was in a box in a closet and it comes out but also if they don't have golf balls on hand where's this 1800s ghost getting golf balls right and did they golf in the 1800s? Was golf a thing in the 1800s? It must have it been, is, right? It is pretty old uh, of a sport. Okay. I don't know when it came over to the United States, but, you know, yeah. Scottish kind of game, I think. That's right. Um, yeah. I, not to sound stupid. I just don't golf. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't anymore. And, and it's probably the, the course probably appreciates that. Um, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, that's true. Like, 
are are is there golf balls just somewhere in the house that they didn't know about previous like tenants had and now they're they're coming out or is that you know some poor guy on a on a course looking for his ball and it's missing because some spirit took it away can't find his balls i have no idea <laughs> That's a different podcast. (laughs) That's a different podcast. But, (laughs) but yeah, no, I mean that. I mean, we're we're joking now, and it's and it's funny some of these things. But like to be in that moment to like have that happen, like I, you know, I'd be freaking out probably. I think that that would be one of those moments, like especially walking in at that time, Mm -hmm. and like you know, after you're you're at this concert and you walk in and the the skulls are facing you i was like yeah. no nah, i'm leaving right nah, now everything's plugged in Mm-mm. i would well, have i would have been out i wouldn't have stayed and it's hard for me to relate like i'd have to go back to like when we were you know me and my wife were dating or something like that but i have four kids so like you know things happen and and of course it's nobody that did it right i didn't do it mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was a ghost but um you know but yeah i mean yeah. great story jess thanks yeah So second one, Mm -hmm. I like this one because there's a little tie-in. This is called A Grandmother Returns. I remember this story vividly. I was in the seventh grade and the house on, uh, I'm going to murder this, Carondelet Street. (laughs) I have no idea. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, It was built in the 1870s and my mother's mother and family lived there before us. I had a friend over to spend the night and it was probably about 10 p.m., We were up giggling, doing what girls do, when we heard heels coming down the hallway. It was a center hall cottage, and the space was backlit, and I could see a woman. It was my grandma, Nellie. We waited, pretending we were asleep, and the the footsteps stopped, and my grandmother disappeared. Alarmed and confused, I yelled out, Mom, is Nellie here? It wouldn't have been weird to see my grandma, who lived over on Jefferson Avenue, which must be close by. (laughs) that's my little side comment because I have no idea Uh, and my mom yelled back no go to sleep which is what I would say to my kids Yep. (laughs) my friend was really upset but we finally fell asleep I learned the next morning that when my mom was about 17 my grandma Nellie brought her mom Cornelia Ann McDevitt home to this house because her health was failing She was born in 1870 and died in about 1948. She lived her last year in that bedroom we were sleeping in. Cornelia Cornelia looked like my grandma, but with hair that was pulled back in a bun. And I saw her, the heels, the dress, the whole thing. And this was by Andrea St. Paul Bland. she was Louisiana's 2013 Preservationist of the Year and uh, a CEO of Signet Contractors. And as it happens, the great-great-granddaughter of Jules de Laverne, who oh, wow. was our guy in the first wow. story. Super yeah. cool connection. Super yeah, neat, right? Creepy, scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit, not on the show, about, about um, those kinds of presences and things happening. So touch touch me right there right you know mm-hmm. me at home so that was a good tale yeah thanks i i read it myself yes <laughs> i was here when you read it yourself <laughs> i feel, feel good about that yeah no you did it was like oh what i mean what would you do if that happened to you like 
I think I would be the same thing. I honestly think, oh, it's just they're just visiting. Oh right. yeah, I mean, you know? I, yeah, I, I mean, I have had something like that happen to me where the person just disappeared, and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, and it is terrifying. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I would feel like comfort that you know, great grandma's still there, maybe you know, or. I, maybe she was just visiting. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable that if she was like a legit ghost um, spirit. Yes. Ghost. No. <laughs> and we can talk in a later episode of what that means and what the difference is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically a ghost would mean that she was stuck. Um, so I don't know, but, but just checking in. Sure. Why not? N- knowing that her presence is there and knowing that she's, you know, saying hi. Yeah. Almost like a little guardian angel type kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. That would not be terrifying. But then th- I think just the shock of knowing that they. That's where it'd be like, oh, my God. So how many times, right? How many times have I maybe thought I saw grandma, but it wasn't grandma. Right, right, right. So. Well, I mean, also, I guess in the moment you're scared, but I think I would I would take comfort hearing the, you know, the explanation after. Um you know, seeing anybody disappear would be jarring. <laughs> like out of nowhere. And um depends on like the person. I mean, there might be some people we want to see disappear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is well, yeah. Like um in, <laughs> in like in nice the first way. episode. Yeah. When in, like in the first episode when I when I told you how like then the the kid just faded away. Um, it was a relief to me that he was gone, you know. But um yeah I don't know if if somebody's not there or I guess like my other thought would be follow me down this train track is that I would be scared that if my I saw my grandma in the house and she disappeared I'd be like mom call grandma is she dead you know (laughs) I'd be terrified that grandma's dead I just saw her ghost you know yeah yeah that's that's kind of like what I identify with because there's been a couple members of our family and stuff coming in and visiting and and that was like you know why and and so that was where it hit me and that's where i thought the story was going to go at at first so it was a nice little more pleasant twist yeah um well moving on this is a little less pleasant so Um. (laughs) this is called trapped in the chimney that doesn't the house no no sorry i'll let you go no that's okay The house was built in 1836, and I loved it the minute I walked in. I put in an offer the same day. Then I went home and Googled it. It turns out it's, quote, one of the most haunted houses in America. Oh, God. (laughs) The Travel Channel did an episode on it. The story was terrible. It was about a woman hanging her dog and then herself. Um, however, I'm a public health professor and I'm not easily spooked and I'm more apt to look for the scientific explanations. I moved in and was told that someone who lived there before me was a spiritualist. Apparently he did some kind of ceremony to try and trap the ghost in the chimney. I opened the flue and that's when things really started happening. My cleaner felt a hand on her cheek. This one window wouldn't stay closed. I put a curtain rod there to keep it shut. The next day, I found the rod bent laying out in the yard. People who worked on the house say they saw someone in the hallway. And the worst thing is, I sometimes hear a dog whining and scratching. I hear it coming from the chimney. And I have friends that won't even come to my house. 
and that was by Lorelai Cropley, a public health professor. Jeez. Oh, yeah, scratching from in the walls of the chimney. Oh, poor doggy. Poor dog. I'm so sad. Like, I kind of yeah. want to know it's like, how was the dog killed? Was it in the chimney? Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. I think well, if the spiritualists like put the dog in yeah. the you know the spirit in the chimney, yeah. But like the maybe like the the woman found her way out, but the dog didn't. I don't yeah. know. I hate that so no. much. <laughs> I hate it. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, that one. That one got me. I hate. I so I'm one of those people that like I'll watch a movie, but if they hurt the animals, I'm like I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not not watching this like oh the the you know there's a child ghost okay you know yeah <laughs> there's you know like oh there was a horrible murder and the thing and I don't like like guts and gore right. or anything like that those kind of movies I don't like them but like if somebody like if there's like the ghost dog or like the ghost of you know um I don't know any anything that's innocent you know babies young young children things yeah. like that and it makes me sad Oh, that, that was a sad and scary story at the same time like oh yeah and, and you know let's take the dog <laughs> yeah give the dog, dog away <laughs> give the dog right give the dog yeah. to some kid that wants a dog right yeah right. don't take it out of the dog poor thing yeah and then you know <laughs> you know being a you're a realtor i mean like do a little research on your house okay before you like right. i'm gonna buy it so I didn't see ghosts in New all. Orleans, the haunted city. You know, yeah, I don't believe in that. City. It's kind of like going back to what you were saying earlier. I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. But look, I had a yeah. You know, had but all experience. these horrible things happen. These disembodied voices keep. Yeah. It's very strange. I don't know. I'm I'm looking for the scientific explanation for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have um, some stories around house searches and stuff like that that we'll have to go into in another episode. But, um, yeah, you and me like, both. I know I'm sure you have more than I do but um but yeah like one of the one of the um houses we looked at what was also featured in a in a in a show so um definitely something that we and that I felt and that I I saw the show later so I'll have to tell that story in an upcoming episode oh sneaky preview right <laughs> yeah yeah um I and I'm excited to tell the story of when uh, we were buying our first house too, uh, mm-hmm. and I'll let you know all that. But that was that was an interesting story. Um, all right, shall we continue? Sure. Yeah, this is yeah. great. Are these are these okay? They're good. All right. Yeah. No, this is great. This is called a servant's staircase. In fall of 2015, my parents began renting a studio apartment in the Pontalba building. It was a fourth floor walk up attic unit. It was amazing. You could open the windows and hear live jazz, and you felt like you were in the midst of everything going on in Jackson Square, which if you're not familiar with New Orleans, Jackson Square is like a just bustling area all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's where like, um, there were a lot of psychics out there and there was a lot of music and it was really neat. Uh, when, the Fontalba... <laughs> yeah. when the Fontalba was first built, every unit had two staircases, a formal staircase and one for the servants which as a side note is also very, very popular in a lot of homes in Rochester, mm. a lot of old homes. I, I'm yeah. everywhere really. Yeah. Um, these old homes were these big old grand houses. Um, that was very, very prominent in all of these. I remember it was 77 steps up with no air conditioning. Oh. I remember how we talked about how disgustingly oh. hot. <laughs> that is the most terrifying thing about New Orleans. I agree. I think so. Um, you don't forget a thing like that, it says. 
<laughs> the stairs got narrower and narrower as you went up until it was barely one human wide. Ooh. If you're claustrophobic like I am, that sounds like terrifying. Even even worse. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. <laughs> Sometimes you'd be walking up and it was suddenly freezing, but not cooling you down. More like shivers up your spine freezing. We investigated and found out that there was a young woman who was hired as a night nurse. The baby was fussy, and in the middle of the night, the night nurse would walk the stairs with it. As the legend goes, she got tired and tripped and fell. She saved the child's life with her own. Residents believe she now walks up and down the servant staircase forever. Yeah. Uh, that was by Taylor Barron. And um, what are your thoughts on that? Man, I mean, I went a couple different places. I went back to like, you know, my story in the first episode because it had it like a servant's quarter, servant's stairs in that house. And so I think mm-hmm. of that all the time. Um, but like, oh, man, that's just going up. A set of stairs like in the dark and then like they get smaller and smaller uh, not something like it, it screams winchester house i don't know if you're mm-hmm. aware of that um yes. but that's something i definitely yeah i want to take mm-hmm. take a look deeper dive into in a future episode but like i i would be sort of like afraid that you're gonna go up these stairs and either you're gonna encounter something horrible or it's just gonna stop and there's gonna be you know and then you're gonna turn around and, and there, there's no space there kind of like <laughs> You know, so yeah, and it to be hot and and on top of it, that takes the cake. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, that's, she was like the fact that she was like, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was it's great. You're in the middle of everything. I'm like, where are you though? Like, uh. but it. I mean, um, to save the baby. I mean, that I was worried you were going to say the baby, you know, perished. Yeah. With, or both, or but. I mean, yeah. There's something nice that could come out of that story. I mean, at least she saved the baby. She did, but I mean, how would you like to have saved a life and then the rest of your eternity is walking up and down hot, cramped, narrow stairs? I already said no to that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but like for eternity, I, yeah, that makes me sad for her. I, I'm like, maybe somebody yeah. should clear her out of there. I mean, that, yeah. Like, um, like if there's heaven and hell, why did why did she? You know, she saved the baby. She should not be, you know, in hell. <laughs> yeah yeah you know, exactly yeah so yeah um, i don't know um i guess we never know but maybe she's punishing herself for dropping the baby maybe she doesn't know she's dead yeah Who knows? but or maybe it's not her maybe it's something pretending to be her yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> well and yeah we we could go into some of those things like you know what are you know what are some of these things are they you know, energy being replayed are, you know, is it really a ghost? Those types of things. I mean, I'd love to hear from our fans too. Like definitely email us, you know, that sounds terrifying at gmail.com and and let us know what your thoughts are, you know, Um, what what do you think this was and and where do you, you know, got to hear that stuff from you guys. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah. Are you ready for the last story? Oh, last story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you save the best for last? I don't know. Okay. You tell me. You tell right. me. This is called Odd Feelings. We own an 1850s townhouse right off Magazine Street, which is where a lot of shops are. 
The house is often chosen as a set for films, and producers sometimes stay while they work. Back in the 1800s, the Odd Fellows were the super powerful secret men's society, similar to the Freemasons or the Illuminati. Sorry, <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> this house was once their satellite lodge where they performed rituals. As a friend and I were restoring it, there was a section of flooring that didn't match. We popped the floor open and there was this really old velvet lined coffin shaped thing. I thought at first that maybe someone kept guns in it, but then I realized it was part of these weird odd fellows rituals. This house was a spiritual place of worship for a long time. I mention that because there is a thing that happens here. People hear their names called out at night. When it happened to me recently, I was asleep on the sofa. I very clearly heard my name. It sounded like my wife's voice and it sounded perturbed. I opened my eyes and I didn't see her. I called out for her in the darkness, but got no response. So I got up, walked into the bedroom and she was sound asleep. It happened to so many people now, including my parents. People think they've dreamed it, but there are just too many of us who have heard our names called only to find there is no one there. And that's by Banks McClinton. Well, you did say probably um, one of the best things for last, because like we've all been there, right? Where we've heard someone call us and like we not we've not all been there where we go and find out the person's not there. But mm -hmm. I have. Um, I've definitely heard my name called and turn around and there's like no one there or mm -hmm. um in our last house um i heard some i distinctly heard someone run not only call my name but come up the stairs mm -hmm. call my name and i'm like half paying attention to like what i was doing i think it was stupid too it was like playing a video game or something i'm like why why you know and i'm trying to like do this thing and then it was like a good couple minutes later that i realized wait a second not, first of all they didn't respond and secondly i'm like in my own little world and i'm like they're not home <laughs> yeah nobody's home no one's home yeah so um but i've definitely been there before and that and that just freaks me out <laughs> yeah same so it's called i think that's called exploding head syndrome when mm -hmm. like you you hear like a loud noise when you're falling asleep or something like that but i've definitely heard my name called many many times when i'm trying mm -hmm. to fall asleep uh throughout the years mm -hmm. um I do think it's about being open, you know, yeah. um, and sometimes, you know, when you're about to fall asleep, you're about to like, some people believe transition into just being more open to the other side. And so, mm. you know, you probably the are. Veil is that. It's thinner, thinner for you. Yeah. Yeah. Energetically, because yeah. you're now more open as, as you sleep or yeah. fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just say you just made me think of like, so we we're talking a little bit off the air uh, through text today. And, you know, I had literally thought of our uh, mutual friend, Jessica. And so I just texted her watermelon and, and, <laughs> and, and we're in an improv group together and it's just her like safe word for when That's she doesn't know what to say. She just says watermelon and, and it makes her laugh. And I don't know why, but at the that moment I was feeling like, okay, I just need to text Jessica this thing. And she, you know, wrote back and said, oh man, I was having a horrible day or something along that lines. And she's like, that made me laugh. Thank you so much kind of a thing. 
and it's just it that happens and and we were talking about how like there's this weird connection sometimes this empathic kind of feeling that people have um where you know and maybe that's where the that's what i'm getting to maybe that's the name thing too like someone is calling you uh but they're not there they're calling yeah. you like you know from wherever they are because they're thinking of you or you know whatever um but maybe yeah. that's part of it too so i you know what's funny is um i actually had a client call me today i literally had just been thinking about him um like two seconds prior and i haven't talked to him in weeks and you know i i was like oh i i wonder how they're doing um you know just just thinking about him mm -hmm. literally called me two yeah. seconds later and i i was like hey are you i i was just thinking about you and mm -hmm. he said well, your ears must have been ringing because we were talking yeah. about you <laughs> yep yep um yeah it was just it was very strange but you're right like i think that um i i mean i think that you know, we call this paranormal for now because mm -hmm. it, there hasn't been a lot of research into it, but, you know, we're all connected energetically in a lot of ways, which is how we're able to communicate with each other, yeah. you know? Um, and so I think that, yeah, some people are able to communicate without being um, in the same geographic area. I mean, you hear all the time about mothers who know something happened mm -hmm. to their child you know there's there's that bond there that energy there yeah um I know with my children I feel when they're feeling upset or angry mm -hmm. or tired I feel that too and I know that it's coming from outside of me because I've never felt that until I had children you mm -hmm. know you I've, I've empathized with people before but never in my life have I really felt yeah exactly what the other person was feeling at that very moment you know what I mean and I often wonder if I absorb a lot more energy than I than I can tell. And that as I've gotten older, it's it's been more, I don't know, taxing on me because mm -hmm. um, I've noticed that there are certain situations and things like that. And, and maybe it's just because you just get older and you lose patience. But I, I, I lose patience with with certain things more than I ever used to. Mm. But then I come to find that, you know, this person that's close to me was having a horrible day and like you can feel that cloud when they walk in or yeah. um, or even someone that I'm not close to. Sometimes I can really pick up on that that energy and it it, it throws me, you know, a big curveball. Yeah. So, 100%. But, yeah. And, and, you know, um, psychically, energetically, I don't know how in depth you want to get into this, but, mm -hmm. you know we as empathic people as empaths as they call them um can do work to stop that to ground yourself to protect yourself to call back your own energy you know that's getting into a lot of spiritual stuff but um if you feel like you're absorbing a lot of energy and other people's you know mm -hmm. um stuff junk you know <laughs> um there there are tools to that you can research and then i'll tell you offline about how to like keep yourself safe from that and i found mm -hmm. them very very helpful well i i think that would be really cool first of all jess and maybe we'll make kind of a uh you know an episode section about that at some point too uh again mm -hmm. i'd love to hear from from our uh our listeners you know is that something you'd be interested in learning more about we'd love to share if that's true is that something you specialize in we'd love to hear from you um yes. as our listeners and we want to hear your tales 
we want to share them on the air. We want to bring people on the show as well, because I think that that would be a great way to kind of figure some of these things out and at least like, I don't know, level the playing field a little bit and get a better understanding if we can of what, you know, yeah. what's going on. So those are excellent stories. Uh, definitely some terrifying situations, Jess. Thanks for for sharing them with everybody today and me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. And uh, until next time.